Now with the Bonvoy Brilliant, you get automatic platinum status. In the past, you had to spend $75,000 on that card to get platinum status. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 50 of The Daily Churn. Today's episode is going to be a recap of all of the things I churned in September. September was a pretty massive month with a lot of bonuses posting, a lot of different churns that I was tackling across pretty much all of the different categories that I usually cover. So today we'll run through all the various credit card bonuses and updates, including an update on the Morgan Stanley Platinum card that I did an episode on a few months back. There was also a lot of bank bonuses, some brokerage bonuses, even cell phones this time, thanks to the iPhone 15 Pros getting released. Rakuten was also running their Labor Day sales, so a lot of great discounts and freebies and even meal kits. And finally, I thought I'd end this episode with the free Peloton water bottle giveaway that I've been doing in the past, except this time there is no inventory issues. I figured out how anyone can make this pop-up show up and anyone can go and just get this free Peloton water bottle now. So if that's something that you've been wanting in the previous episodes and weren't quick enough in the comments section to get one of these codes, I think everyone's going to be able to get one, assuming Peloton doesn't pull this offer before this episode comes out. So definitely stick around for the end of the episode for that. But I figured I'd start this episode with some general churning and award travel news. So one interesting thing that was announced in September is that Amazon is ready to do another round of deals. So Prime Day is now finished, and I think Prime Day exceeded all expectations, even on Amazon's end. I think they hit their... Prime Day targets within like the first like three hours of Prime Day. So pretty insane and makes sense that they want to try and replicate this again. And so now they have Prime Big Deal Days in October. And I think that's October 10th through 11th for a couple days. So far with the deals they've announced, it doesn't look that amazing, but of course things might change as we get closer to it. They have a page, a teaser page, where you can kind of see some of the things they've announced already, and I'll I'll link to that in the show notes, but a lot of it is going to be like Amazon-specific devices and some discounts on other random things. So, I mean, it's probably worth at least checking out when you're, you know, bored at work next Tuesday and just browsing Amazon, but the main nice thing that happens whenever Amazon does one of these deal events is that they tend to refresh those Amex and US Bank and Discover and Chase offers where it's like, you know, use one Amex point, get a 40% discount. Those offers usually get refreshed in the week or two leading up to one of these deal days. And refresh just means that you're going to be retargeted. So even if you've used it before, let's say during Prime Day, you're now able to use that same offer again. And that was the case for both myself and P2. So the Amex use one point to get 40% off. My P2 just activated that and she got the one where you get up to $60 back. So essentially you can spend up to $150 and get $60 off, which is a great deal on things that are shipped and sold by Amazon. On my end, I don't have Prime and I clicked in and my offer was get 15% off up to $15 when you use 714 Amex points. I have no idea how they decided on that number, but basically it's $15 off of $100 that you spend. So not as good as P2s, but still worth doing because we all buy crap on Amazon. 
Additionally, some of the other ones have been refreshed where you can use one US bank point to get anywhere from 20 to 40% off. I've been trying to activate that one for a while now and I can never get past an error message when it tries to link my US bank points account. And I've seen similar data points on Doctor of Credit comments where people are having the same issue and they just kept trying and after a couple of weeks, it just finally randomly works. So I'll share links to all of these various offers in the show notes and you can just try clicking yourself and see what kind of offer you get. And chances are you'll at least get something which is gonna be a nice discount that you can use next week during the big deals day. In other news, more on the award travel side of things, I have a pretty interesting data point to share with the guest of honor program at Hyatt. So recently myself and P2, we stayed at the Andaz Fifth Avenue in New York on a guest of honor booking, which by itself isn't that crazy, but the interesting thing is I had booked that guest of honor for my P2 while I was still globalist. I'm no longer globalist. My globalist ended in February of this year. And before my globalist ended, I booked a bunch of guest of honor bookings for my P2 in the hopes that the guest of honor status is not directly tied to the member's globalist status. And it, yeah, 100% worked. My P2 got all of the benefits. She got an upgrade because I emailed the GM ahead of time with the any chance you could upgrade us to a suite email template that I usually use. And yeah, she was able to secure that ahead of check-in, which is quite nice. And we got the free breakfast. So all in all, a very successful trip and definitely just a useful hack if you know that your globalist is going to expire is that if you can plan out the trips for the rest of the year, you can sort of skip globalist for a year and just do all of your hotel stays using guest of honor for a P2. And then the year after you can get globalist again. For those of you that are like worried about, hey, maybe this won't work everywhere, this is actually being confirmed by a Hyatt representative on the Flyer Talk thread where someone was asking, does Globalist carry over for guest of honor bookings if Globalist expires? And someone confirmed who works at Hyatt that like, yes, this is a working thing, but it's also nice to actually get some real world data points of how a hotel handles it because, you know, you never know. And I'll link to that thread as well so you can have that as a backup if someone at check-in is like, hey, you're not a globalist anymore. You can show them this flyer talk thread with a higher representative being like, actually, this should work. In other award news, Southwest had their 50% off sale for a couple days using the WOW50 code. And yeah, we managed to reprice some of our bookings, specifically our upcoming trip to Hawaii, save some points there. And if you're not familiar with the repricing thing, I used to think you had to like cancel your flight and then rebook another one. But turns out you can actually just click the change flight button on an existing reservation at Southwest and it will just automatically show you the reduced rate. So that's pretty cool. I don't know if that's a newer thing they've added, but that's how we did it this time. One thing though to keep in mind is if you have a companion pass associated with that booking, then you're not gonna be able to click that change flight button because it's gonna say, hey, you have a companion pass booking linked. And so you'd have to like cancel that companion pass booking first, which is kind of a hassle, but sort of unavoidable. So that's how we typically do it. And it's always worth checking when one of these deals comes around because chances are you're gonna save a bunch of Southwest points if they do a sale on their base fares. We've also been trying to do a bunch of status matches with various airlines because there's been some new status match options that have come around. The main one that I was trying to do was that Hyatt is comping some American Airlines members who have their Hyatt and American Airlines accounts linked complimentary status at American Airlines 
as part of this like super complicated, convoluted status challenge that American Airlines is doing. I won't go through the entire details here, but it's like a four phase status match program with loyalty points and all of this stuff. And it can be quite lucrative if you're near an American Airlines hub to go ahead and do that. In my case, I was just getting it because I got free platinum status with American Airlines thanks to Hyatt without having to do anything. They give you that status complimentary for the first, I think, 90 days. And then using that screenshot, I was then going to status match with Southwest to get A-list. And A-list is basically Southwest's status that lets you board in the A group, even if your like boarding group number is like C40. So did that status match with Southwest. Unfortunately, we were turned down because we already had Southwest A-list through some other promo Southwest had run before. I don't even remember how we ended up getting it, but we have it now for like three months until the end of December. And they were like, well, we can't give it to you again because you already have had a promo in the last 12 months. So if that's you, don't bother doing it. But if you're not in that current promo, it sounded like this screenshot would have gone through just fine at Southwest and you'd end up with 12 months of A-list status if you can do three round trips within, I think, 90 days. Similarly, as a result of the Delta fiasco and all the changes they did, other airlines have responded to that being like, hey, come to our airline with our sweet Delta status match program. And so Alaska did that and JetBlue did that as well. So my friend, I think he's like only Delta Silver was able to get matched at Alaska MVP and JetBlue, I think just Mosaic won, but it's a pretty easy process. They've really relaxed it specifically to try and grab some Delta customers. Finally, I wanted to give you guys a heads up on a couple churning podcasts that I recently discovered. So back when I made this show in, I think, mid-2021, there was literally zero churning podcasts. But over time, people have listened to this show and wanted to start their own, which I think is very cool. And so always great to see other churning-focused content out there because it is kind of a, a very niche topic. And so Churning Life and Churner's Digest are a couple newer podcasts that are out there. So if you're looking for more churning content, give them a listen because they are for the most part covering things that I am not covering in this show. So definitely check it out. I'll have links to their podcast in the show notes. And if you'd like to help support this podcast, there is a deal alerts beta that is currently open for signups. And by joining, you'll get access to some of the more private or sensitive deals that are tough to share publicly on a larger podcast like this. And this month, October, I think is actually going to be the last month that the deal alerts thing is going to be in beta because it's actually gone pretty stable. You know, I launched this, I think, in June. So it's been a few months. And since then, we've added just so many things like now you can view all of the previous deals online on the website. Plus, we have a private discord, which is very active. And thanks to all of the churners that are on there contributing information, it has really become just an amazing repository of churning knowledge. So really, really amazing just to see how much this deal alerts beta has evolved in such a short amount of time. And just honestly, very grateful for everyone who's joined and supported it. And it's far exceeded all of my expectations. So I think we're finally ready to leave the beta, but I did want to give everyone a chance before we officially launch next month to lock in the current beta pricing. So definitely check it out. If it's something that you've been on the fence about, you can find all of the info at thedailychurnpodcast.com slash deals. Getting back to the recap, starting with credit cards. So 
September was a really crazy month for credit cards. I opened a whole bunch of different cards and there was a bunch of new offers that popped up on my radar as well. And one that I wanted to kind of bring to everyone's attention because I initially sort of skimmed over this is the Bonvoy Brilliant through Amex. And what's interesting about this card is that it's changed since it was first released and not every blog has updated some of these new benefits. And in the case of Doctor of Credit, the post is still listing the previous version of the card and doesn't list one of the key amazing benefits of this card that would have made me want to apply. So it wasn't until my friend pinged me a link to another blog that it was like, hey, did you know this card offers this thing now? And I was like, no, I had no idea. And so, you know, not to call out DOC, I mean, it's hard to keep all of these posts up to date, but this specific benefit it, I think is a pretty important one, which is that now with the Bonvoy Brilliant, you get automatic platinum status. In the past, you had to spend $75,000 on that card to get platinum status. Now you can just literally open this card and immediately get status. And that's amazing if you have some Marriott trips coming up where you don't have status, before you'd have to do a whole ton of spend. Now you can just open this card up before your trip and you'll be able to get free breakfast, which is really the main benefit of Platinum and occasionally some upgrades. In addition to that, the card offers two free night certificates worth 85,000 points. You're able to top those up with 15,000 points of your own, so it can cover properties up to 100,000 points, which is a pretty good range. Like that covers a lot of premium properties, including like the Mauna Kea in Kona, which is our favorite Hawaii resort. But the certificates alone aren't really, I think in my opinion, worth it enough to justify the annual fee. I think it's like a $650 annual fee, so definitely pretty pretty high. And I probably wouldn't open the card just for the certificates, but if I knew it had a free platinum status attached to it that doesn't require any spend, that totally changes the equation because you can easily spend like $100 in breakfast a day when you're out at a hotel. So I got pretty excited about this card and potentially opening it until someone in the Discord linked the eligibility matrix of which Marriott cards you can open with Chase or Amex, depending on how many months or how many days it's been since you opened one or gotten a bonus. It's a really complicated matrix and I'll post a link to that as well. I think it's a frequent flyer matrix. They do a really good job keeping that matrix up to date. But TLDR, I had opened the Boundless card for myself and P2 in the prior months because that card gave five free nights at Marriott. And having the Boundless card, I think in the last 24 months, automatically means you're not eligible for the Brilliant card. So definitely check out the Matrix if this card is something that you want to open and see if you're eligible. But sadly for us, no go with this card. On the topic of cards that give you automatic status, there was also that Southwest Companion Pass card where you could open just this one Southwest card with Chase and it would give you enough points to qualify for Companion Pass for two years for basically all of 2024 and 2025. I think the offer basically was you get 120,000 Southwest points for spending $15,000. And by spending the $15,000, you're also getting points on that 15K. So that's like at least another 15,000 points. So your total net points end up being 135,000 points, which is exactly how many points you need to qualify for Companion Pass. I had seriously considered getting this card because even at $15,000 of spend, it's nice to be able to just do it all on one card and qualify. But the issue was that September 4th was the last day to apply under this offer. And because you have only 90 days to meet your spend requirement, 
there was a whole lot of discussion and calculation around exactly when that 90 days ended and whether you'd be able to have your statement also end around then so that you could have the actual points post in January to qualify you for two years of companion pass. It was quite complicated and it was something that I felt was too risky because you basically had to have your spend done by December 5th, but December 5th was like a Sunday or a Saturday or something, so it may not post until after that. It was a whole thing. And long story short, though, was that everyone who gambled, I think, actually came out on top because not only was September 4th not actually the last day to apply, the link actually ended up working for a few days past September 4th, which bought you more time in that 90-day threshold. But the actual deadline that they gave for the 90 days didn't turn out to be exactly 90 days. They gave like more like 91 to 93 days. So you had somewhere between December 5th through December 7th to try and finish your spend. So it actually became quite feasible. And I'm sad that I, I didn't gamble and get in on this card, but congrats to all the data points that I've seen on Discord and Doctor of Credit of folks who were able to get in on this. And for me, now I'm kind of just waiting for some higher bonuses on other Southwest Chase cards and just do the old strategy of opening two of them at a time. And if you're not familiar with this whole companion pass process, how it works, why you get two years of companion pass, how do you get it with two credit cards? I did a dedicated episode on this back in 2021 and pretty much nothing has changed since then. So all of the information there is for the most part valid. And, you know, P2 and I, we alternate companion pass every two years. And we've been doing that since I think like 2014 or so. So it's been like eight plus years of companion pass. And if you fly Southwest, I would definitely argue that companion pass is probably the best deal in travel period that you can get through credit cards because having your P2 fly for free basically means you get 50% off of all of your Southwest fares. Another interesting credit card update was that the Morgan Stanley Amex Platinum card, the bonus is now back at 125,000 points. And the biggest question everyone has with the Morgan Stanley card is how do I even qualify for this card? And so I have an episode on that as well. So episode 38, which I'll link to in the show notes, is specifically on how to open this Morgan Stanley card. And a lot of those methods that I outlined in there are still valid. The new one that I was trying that I was hoping would be a really easy way of qualifying for the card was sort of gambling that opening an E-Trade account before the merger would result in that E-Trade account then being migrated to Morgan Stanley and that potentially qualifying as a Morgan Stanley account, which would qualify you for the Platinum card. It's still not super clear if that will or won't work. It's seeming like it probably won't work. There's some like terms of exclusion, I think, in the new offer. Again, no one has, I think, done this yet, so there really aren't data points on there, but I currently have an E-Trade account, so I may just give it a try in a couple months when my P2's Morgan Stanley card's annual fee comes up, we'll probably cancel hers, and then I'll see if this whole E-Trade thing is going to work. But in the meantime, if you're curious and you want to open this card, check out episode 38. On the topic of Amex, my Amex Business Platinum card bonus finally posted. This was an offer I did, I think back in May, it was only 130,000 points, but it was a no lifetime limit offer that I got in the mail. And I had to spend $15,000 and that took a while and I finally spent it. And so once you add in the $15,000 of spend plus the 130,000 sign up bonus, ended up getting about 150,000 Amex points that posted in September. 
I also had a U.S. Bank business leverage card where the offer was seventy-five thousand points for spending seventy-five hundred dollars, and those points are basically one point equals one cent. So seventy-five thousand points equals seven hundred and fifty dollars. So pretty good offer if you're in between Chase and Amex cards because this is a business card, so it won't show up on your personal credit report for five twenty-four. I don't remember if the card has like travel partner transfer options. I've just been converting it into statement credit, and so I actually ended up with eighty-seven thousand and one hundred points total from the spend plus the bonus, and so I was able to redeem that for eight hundred and seventy-one dollars worth of statement credit. So pretty easy bonus there. And I'd seen some questions floating around online as to whether you can churn this card. Like, can you open another one of these cards, and if so, how long? Do you have to wait? I haven't seen any data points saying one way or the other. So if you happen to know if this card can be churned, definitely leave a comment on the website or on Discord. I would love to know because I've opened one now for myself and for P2, and I wouldn't mind opening a third. But we'll see. What I did end up opening a lot of in September was I sort of jumped on the Bank of America card opening train. Which, if you're not familiar, because I I wasn't until I saw the Miles Ernenburn reference post to it, which is that apparently if you open a Bank of America card, you can actually open multiple Bank of America cards on the same day and get approved for them, and it all counts as one single hard pull. So if you're planning on opening a Bank of America card, there is no reason to just try and open two, three, maybe four, or even five of these cards in one day because. If you get approved for all of them, it's only one single hard pull, and if you don't get approved, it's still just one hard pull. So when I found this out, I was actually super bummed because two days before Miles Ernenburn made a reference to this rule, I had already opened a Bank of America Business Custom Cash Rewards card, and that was the only card that I'd opened. I didn't try and open four or five on the same day. So it was kind of bummed and was just like venting on the Discord about you know messing this up royally. Until Ellen on Discord, massive shout out to Ellen who gave me the heads up that actually it's not even just one day. Bank of America will combine all of the hard pulls across the 30-day period. So as long as you're within that 30-day range, other Bank of America cards that you open will not result in an additional hard pull. So I actually did have time to open additional cards, and so I went ahead and opened the Bank of America Business Unlimited Cash Rewards card. And was instant approved for that as well. And looking at my credit report, there was not another hard pull. And I'd opened those two cards with about a week in between. I could have gone for more. I know a lot of people try and stack in some Bank of America Alaska cards in that Aparama as well, but I just didn't really need Alaska miles currently. And one thing to note too is that I was getting instant approved for these cards, but the second card only gave me a five thousand dollar credit limit. And it seems that like a general rule of thumb is when your credit limit starts going below five thousand in the instant approvals, you're probably not going to get instant approved for the next card. So I decided to just quit while I was ahead, and you know, take my two Bank of America business cards, and I had opened them both under a similar offer, which is that you get five hundred dollars for spending five thousand dollars on the card. But the main reason I got these cards was because they have interesting cashback rate structures. So the custom cash rewards card with Bank of America gives you three percent each month on a category of your choosing. However, 
if you get platinum honors status with Bank of America, which if you didn't know, yes, Bank of America actually has status levels based on how much money you have with Bank of America. To get platinum honors, which is their highest tier, you need to have $100,000 in assets with Bank of America. And that could be in like the Merrill Edge brokerage account, which is what we plan on doing. We'll transfer over $100,000 worth of stocks to Bank of America to qualify for platinum honors tier. And Platinum Honors tier provides a variety of benefits, but the main one that you probably care about is that it gives you a 75% boost on any of your credit card rewards. So a 3% cashback, if you boost that by 75%, becomes a 5.25% cashback rate on a category of your choosing each month, which is an amazing cashback rate, particularly because with the business custom cash rewards, you have a $50,000 annual limit on how much you can spend and earn at that 5% tier. This is significantly higher than the personal custom cash rewards card, the non-business version, because that one has the same reward structure, except you're capped at $2,500 per quarter. So $10,000 total per year. They also have slightly different categories. So the personal one, there's a category of online shopping, which you don't get on the business version, but the business version has different categories like software sales and a much, much higher limit. And it was for similar reasons that I opened the Bank of America Business Unlimited Cash Rewards card, because that one had a similar sign-up bonus of $500, but the reward structure was that usually you get 1.5% back on anything without any limit at all. But with Platinum Honors, you boost that 1.5% by 75%. So it ends up being 2.625% cash back on any spend that you put on that card which is a truly amazing rate. I don't think any other credit card even comes close for a non-category spend. Like the best I think is 1.5% with the Chase Freedom Unlimited or 2% with the Amex Blue Business Plus credit card. But even the Blue Business Plus is capped at $50,000 of spend per year. The Bank of America Unlimited Cash Rewards is completely uncapped and the rate is 2.625, which is double basically what the Chase Unlimited card is offering. So really just a powerful combination of cards to have in your wallet if you have Platinum Honors with Bank of America. And because they're business cards, you can open these without affecting your 524 with Chase. So definitely kind of a, a no-brainer for me to open these two. And now I'm just waiting for my Platinum Honor status to update before I go and put the 5K spend on there. Finally, with credit cards, there was also a Chase Inc. preferred bonus that posted for me in September. And this was the 100,000 points offer for spending $8,000 with Chase. If you recall, that used to be $15,000 of spend required to get that 100,000 points. But as of a couple months ago, Chase really reduced it, basically halved the spend requirement. So both myself and P2 referred each other and opened that card. Mine posted in September, still waiting for P2s to post. And in addition to the 100,000 points, I did also get the 40,000 points for referring P2. And P2 also had the 40,000 points post for referring me for an extra 80,000 points on top of that, plus a few referrals from listeners of the show. I think Dizzy and Rob L both used my referrals and I think someone else too. So I got three extra referrals from listeners, which hugely appreciate that. That really means a lot to me that you guys use these links because I ended up with five referrals total for a total of 200,000 chase points in referrals, plus the 100,000 from the signup bonus for a total of 300,000 chase points in September. 
Also, if you've been thinking about opening the Chase Inc. preferred card, just know that the Chase Inc. Cash and the Chase Inc. Unlimited, both of those cards are now back again at the previous offer of 90,000 points for $6,000 of spend. So really great deal. And just as of, I think, today or very recently, referrals now are also showing the 90,000 points offer. Before, it was only 75,000 points, but then you could message Chase to get it matched up to 90,000 points. Now it's just showing up organically on the referral links, which is great because you get 40,000 points for referring someone. So if you have a partner, 40,000 for referring plus the 90,000 bonus means that in two-player mode, you end up netting 130,000 points from a single card that only required $6,000 of spend. So easily the best sign-up bonus on the market right now. And the added benefit with the Ink Cash and the Ink Unlimited that isn't the case with the Ink Preferred is that the Cash and the Unlimited provide 0% APR for 12 months. What that means is you can just pay the minimum and carry the rest of the balance for 12 months. And that's particularly useful if you can fund a bank account using that credit card because then that money that you put in the bank account is earning interest, let's say at 5%, while Chase is essentially loaning you the money. So for example, if you had a $10,000 credit limit on one of these cards, if you put that $10,000 in a 5% interest-bearing account, that's $500 of interest money that you earn on that 10K using money that was a loan to you from Chase. And so you're basically making an extra $500. Of course, the things you have to keep in mind there is that you have to be pretty good at setting reminders and actually paying it off once the 12 months end, because if you don't, you're stuck with paying like a 23 or something percent APR, which is insane. So definitely don't want that to happen. And the other caveat is that if you have a lot of credit cards with balances that you're carrying, like you're carrying a large balance sum, it can be harder to get approved for more cards because that is one thing that card issuers are looking for is like, are you carrying a massive balance? But in moderation and assuming you're good at tracking things and setting yourself reminders and actually paying attention to those reminders when they go off, then this is definitely just an amazing deal. And all you need is essentially a sole proprietorship to qualify for one of these ink cards. And a sole proprietorship can be really anything, any kind of side business that you're doing, whether that's selling on eBay, reselling concert tickets, or you have a real consulting business, or you do consulting services for a couple hours a week on the side, or you you dog sit and people pay for your dog sitting. I mean, pretty much anything that makes money qualifies. You know, that's one of the benefits of living in America is that you have all of these crazy credit card benefits and it's the country of businesses. They want you to have a business and anything you do that makes money that isn't a W-2 is probably a business. So tallying everything up from the credit card side of things, it was that $871 from US Bank, 150,000 points from Amex, and 300,000 points from Chase. Moving right on to banks, the big one that posted for me was the US Bank bonus for opening a business checking account and depositing, I think, $15,000, and the bonus was $750 if you deposit $15K. My P2 had already gotten this bonus, I think a month or two ago, and so mine finally posted because I did it a little later than hers, but mine posted in September, and this is the account that I funded with $3,000 using my Amex credit card, and I believe that's actually still a thing you can do with the business accounts at US Bank. They've nerfed the personal accounts where you can only fund, I think, a couple hundred dollars now with a credit card, but with the business accounts, I believe the $3,000 of funding 
is still a thing and Amex is supported, which is pretty rare. Usually it's just Visa and MasterCard and sometimes Discover. I then deposited $15,000 using Ally and once the bonus posted, withdrew the 3K plus the 15K with Ally because I think US Bank limits how much money you can push out. But using Ally, you can withdraw all of it in one go. And if you're not familiar with that push-pull process and which accounts allow these higher withdrawal and deposit limits, definitely check out the previous episode on Hub Accounts where we cover Ally and Fidelity and why they are great accounts to have as a hub versus something like US Bank who tries to limit how much money you can move out of their bank. There was also a Capital One 360 checking account bonus that posted for me for $350. And that one was where you had to deposit $250 twice as dark deposit. And it turns out that Chase, just regular Chase, not Chase business ACH payments, just a regular Chase transfer. If you push $250 from your Chase account to Capital One and you do that twice, you'll get the bonus because that's what I did. And about a week after those 250s deposited, I got the $350 bonus. And now that I know the chase works, I'm going to do that for P2 next. So that one hasn't posted. But for me, I did get the 350 in September. I'm still currently waiting for the Ally $200 checking bonus to deposit. But I did want to share a couple data points that I've seen on DOC that WISE payroll seems to work. If you're not familiar how to do a WISE payroll transfer and how to do it as cheaply as possible, I think for like 37 cents versus paying a couple dollars, check out the employer dark deposit episode. I think that was episode 28. On my end, since I already have a business with Chase and I have their ACH payments service, which anyone can sign up for, it's just $2.50 per ACH transfer. I just went with that method instead. However, it's been 10 days and I haven't seen the bonus trigger. So I'm going to wait. They give you up to like 30 days, I think, in the terms from when that deposit hits to when they have to post the bonus by. And you have 90 days to complete this bonus. So you can definitely sort of trial and error it. And I'm just going to wait it out. And at worst, I'm actually pretty open to contacting Ally in this case because it is a real dark deposit from a real business. So if it doesn't automatically trigger, you have every justification to contact them being like, hey, it's a real DD. Where is my bonus? However, If you want to go the easier route, it seems that WISE is working, so that could be the smoother way of getting this bonus. We also had a couple Fidelity Bloom bonuses post for myself and P2, and so the main part of that bonus, the $50 or if you're signing up now, $100, that already posted last month, but there's an additional component, which is that if you deposit $300 into Fidelity Bloom, they'll give you a 10% match as a deposit. So depositing $300, they'll give you an extra $30. And that part, for whatever reason, took a bit longer to post, but that finally posted in September. So $30 for myself and $30 for P2 for a total of $60 from Fidelity Bloom. We had also signed up for Keypoint Credit Union a couple months back. That offer when we signed up was a $200 bonus if you join using a referral and the person referring gets $50. And the way the $200 was broken up was that you get $100 for making a single $1,000 deposit 
and Fidelity brokerage transfers worked to automatically trigger that bonus of $100. The other $100 was for making, I think, 40 debit transactions, but you have 90 days to do that, and I haven't gotten around to doing it yet, so haven't got the second $100 yet, but both P2 and I did get $100 for making that Fidelity brokerage transfer, plus I got $50 for referring P2. I believe the referral offer actually has changed a bit since then. Now the bonus is $300, but it's a little more complicated because you get $50 a month for six months, assuming you keep making a $1,000 deposit every month during those six months. So a little bit more work, but for a higher bonus. So pros and cons. Honestly, that wasn't even the main reason that we joined Keypoint. The main reason we joined Keypoint was that Keypoint allows for a $2,500 credit card funding when you open their checking or their saving account. And so both P2 and I were able to put the $2,500 on our new Chase Inks, and that helped us meet the minimum spend. And this was actually a deal that I had sent out via the deal alerts, one of the first deals that I sent out via deal alerts. And I'm pretty comfortable sharing it with you guys publicly now because a lot of folks on the Discord have tried it. It works. It seems like it's a pretty stable thing. It's not like once 20 people do it, it's going to get shut down. So at least for now, it's a working method. If you need a referral link, there's a thread in the Discord for exchanging referrals for it because with Keypoint, they want your full name and your email address in order to refer someone. So most of us, I think, aren't really that comfortable sharing all of that info on like a public space. So head over to the private deal alerts Discord if that's something that you need. Finally, on the bank's front, there were a couple bonuses that I forgot to count from August. And so it was three upgrade referrals that folks had used in August and one in September for a total of four upgrade referrals. So upgrade has that checking account where the referrer gets $50 and the person signing up gets $150 for making a deposit. Four of those referrals came in for a total of $200 total which I'll count in the September tally. And again, really, really appreciate everyone who used one of those referral links. I had also forgotten to count the Laurel Road bonus that myself and P2 get every month for doing a $2,500 deposit in and then $2,500 out via our ally automation. And so I got $20 and P2 got $20 in August and we got that again in September. So 40 plus 40 for a total of $80, which I'll count in September as well. So tallying all of the bank stuff up, there was $750 from US Bank, $350 from Capital One, $60 from Bloom, $250 from Keypoint, $200 from Upgrade, $80 from Laurel Road for a total of $1,690 in bank bonuses in September. So really good month for that. Next up, we have brokerages. So not too much happening on the brokerage front, but there is one bonus that I think a lot of us are going to be able to tackle because it's a Moomoo bonus. And I think everyone under the sun, or at least who listens to the show, has a Moomoo account. The bonus that they're offering is that if you transfer in $2,000 worth of assets from another account, you get $100. And assets specifically, I think, needs to be stock. They want you to do an ACATS transfer from another account into Moomoo. And I think on the surface, some folks might have like dismissed this pop-up on the Moomoo app being like, oh, $100 for an ACATS transfer seems like a lot of work. But if you listen to the prior episode on Fidelity as a hub account, 
it's really easy at Fidelity to set up a burner Fidelity account where you just go in and buy, in this case, 20 SGOV, because SGOV trades for about just over $100. So let's say $101. You buy 20 of those, that's worth $2,020. Just transfer that entire account from Fidelity over to Moomoo. It literally only takes like a few minutes. So I did that for both myself and P2 in September, and we're still waiting for the $100 to post. I think the term said up to like 15 days after the promo period ends. So we may have a little bit of waiting before that $100 coupon shows up and we can redeem it. Moving right along, we have cell phones. So I haven't done cell phones in a little while, but usually it's this time of year that we start talking about cell phones again because not only is Black Friday coming up, but each year around September is when Apple releases their new iPhones. And I think it was like September 15th was when they released the new iPhone 15s. In my case, I ended up buying two iPhone 15 Pros from Verizon. And the reason I got those mainly were actually just to replace our current iPhones. We're still on the iPhone 13 and it's starting to kind of slow down a bit, but I know some churners, I've seen data points on our Discord where someone's ordered five of these phones specifically just so they can resell them or ship them over to buying groups. In our case, we got them because we actually needed the phones, but also because there's a pretty amazing deal right now where you can essentially get these phones for free if you do a little bit of Verizon T-Mobile juggling. And so there's a deal alert for that, which I'll link to. But the main thing I wanted to cover in this episode with these cell phones was that I really messed up how I ordered them because I usually don't order them directly from Verizon. I usually get them at Apple. And the difference with Verizon is that when you order them on Verizon, you also get a Verizon plan, which is totally just the normal use case for most people, except when you want to order more than one phone. Because what I ended up doing was I ordered one phone on Verizon and they don't let you add two phones into your like cart. You know, you have to click it and you order one phone and you say what plan you want it on. And I was like, well, I need two because I need one too. So I ordered a second one under my wife's account. And apparently that is not the way you should do it because I think the way Verizon wants you to do it is that first you go to Verizon and you say, I wanna get two Verizon phone lines. And if you enter the buying flow from the phone lines starting point, it actually all works out because you pick your phone lines first, like what kind of data plan you want, and then you select what phone you want. And that is the proper way of ordering two phones through Verizon, which I totally didn't know because when you go to verizon.com, the landing page is a picture of an iPhone 15 and you click like buy now and it starts you on the flow of buying the phone first and then adding the plan later. And this was a terrible mistake because what ended up happening was that I ordered two phones with two lines under my wife's account. And they ended up on the back end creating two separate accounts for my wife. And there was no way for them to then link or merge these accounts. So after four hours on the phone with Verizon, they were like, the only way to merge the second phone into the first phone's account is to do a full transfer of service from the second line to the first line. And you're not able to do that until you've had the phone active for 30 days. Literally buying two phones as two separate orders completely broke their system. It's just a completely unsupported purchase flow, which is crazy because that is the flow you see when you go to their website. Anyhow, long story short, I was able to turn this into a win, which was that after like four hours of talking to their rep and their supervisors, I did the classic 
any chance you could waive the first month given how much of a, a hassle this has been and given that I can't transfer this line into the other line and make it a family plan until it's been active for 30 days. And I think at that point, they sort of just felt sorry for me and they totally agreed to it. So they gave me a credit of $141, which is the full first month's bill, which includes the activation fee and even includes the first month of device payment. So it wasn't even for like their data plan. It was like literally me paying off the device was like $30 for a month. They credited that too. So they credited the full bill, $141 for both my line and my wife's line. So we ended up getting $282 as a credit, which in my mind now I'm sort of just like, was that worth four hours of talking on the phone and frustration? Maybe. I mean, that's like a $70 per hour return on your time. It's not terrible. So they gave me $282 and I'm going to count that because that is a credit now that I get towards the first month of Verizon. Additionally, Around the same time in September, there was a slick deals thread where someone discovered how you can lower your Verizon bill by $10. Initially, I was like, oh, well, it's a new account. I don't know if this is going to work. It sounds like a lot of hassle until someone actually laid out the steps for it on Discord, and it's only two steps. It's so easy that I was kicking myself for not doing it earlier. So if you have Verizon service, you can do this right now, which is get in the Verizon app and go into your account settings, and you need to turn off your account number lock, which basically locks your number from being ported. So you just turn off the lock, like make sure it's not locked. And then you go and you generate a port number. So you don't actually have to port your phone anywhere. You don't have to leave Verizon. You just generate the porting number. That's a number that you would give to, let's say, T-Mobile if you were going to transfer to T-Mobile. But just by doing that flow in the app, it triggers Verizon to send you an email being like, hey, we don't want to see you go. Here's $10 off per line as a loyalty discount for 12 months. So each line basically gets $120 worth of a discount for one year. If you have multiple lines, just multiply that 120 by how many lines you have. And it's crazy because it's basically working for almost everyone. There's a few data points where they didn't get the email, but for the most part, I think it's like 95% of people are having this work on their account and it even worked on our brand new accounts. We got the loyalty discount. So probably the quickest money saving you can make. And on my end, the way I'm going to count it is that we're only going to keep Verizon for three months because part of the deal of getting these iPhones for free is that we port over to T-Mobile. So we'll be leaving Verizon very soon. And so the $10 discount is only going to be for three months, but for both of us. So 10 times three times two people equal $60 that we saved by doing this little port out hack. So tallying up the cell phone savings in September, it was the $282 from Verizon as a uh, <laughs> we feel sorry for you credit and $60 from the Verizon hack for a total of $342 in cell phone savings in September. Next up, we have meal kits. So Labor Day happened in September and during any of these holidays, including Labor Day, Rakuten usually increases all of their cashback rates and meal kits is a pretty consistent one where they really bump things up. So in the case of Daily Harvest, Rakuten was giving $55 off if you signed up for a new Daily Harvest plan as a new subscriber. 
Additionally, there was also a 10% Chase offer that a lot of us were seeing on our Chase credit cards, or alternatively, some of us were seeing on an American Express card a $25 off of $75 at Daily Harvest. On top of that, Rakuten was also doing a promo code that you could apply on Daily Harvest. RAC65, I think was the code, and that gave you $25 off of the first box. So once you stacked everything, it actually ended up being a $27 moneymaker, give or take a few dollars depending on what kind of stuff you ordered. I think like smoothies would give you a better deal, but a lot of us wanted like actual food. Food-wise, Daily Harvest is not the most inspiring food meal kit option out there. It's pretty bland and it's mostly focused on like healthier, vegan-y, gluten-free type options, but... That really isn't an excuse for why it doesn't taste good. Some of their smoothies actually are pretty good, but I definitely wouldn't get this as a main meal thing. It can be nice to use as like a side. If you're making something else and you're like, it'd be good to have a side of veggies. Yeah, throw one of the daily harvest bowls on the side and that's how we currently eat it. But definitely not the best. I think if you want pre-made food, Factor 75 generally tends to be a tastier option. Daily harvest also went through... I guess a scandal where someone got poisoned and like died or I think lost a kidney or something pretty serious as a result of eating daily harvest food. And I know some people brought that up on Discord being like, are you sure you want to buy this for a $27 moneymaker? But my thoughts on that sort of are just like lightning typically doesn't strike twice, you know, like once that happens, they're really trying not to make their food poison people. Like after Chipotle had that E. coli scare a while back, everyone was afraid of going to Chipotle and their stock tanked and there was all this drama and news, but you know, they really changed their practices and that's never going to happen again. You can bet on that. And now their stock is, I think like eight to 10 times higher than it was before the E. coli scare. So in my opinion, worth getting when it's free, I definitely wouldn't probably pay for this. So yeah, the other kind of annoying thing with this one, though, is that my Rakuten cashback still hasn't posted. So the Daily Harvest website literally errored out on the checkout page to the point where I was like, oh, I guess this order didn't go through. But I did get an order confirmation and it did go through, but it did mess up the whole cashback tracking. And now I'm waiting on Rakuten, who contacted Daily Harvest to confirm the order, which is also a little ridiculous, but they have to wait for Daily Harvest and Daily Harvest doesn't seem to be responding to Rakuten, and Rakuten is giving them 45 days. It's unclear what happens at the end of 45 days if Daily Harvest doesn't respond, but I'm keeping my Daily Harvest subscription active until then. I'm just skipping all of the future weeks. I figure that's a safer method than actually just canceling now because then they're going to be even less incentivized to reply to Rakuten if their subscriber is already canceled. At least that's my logic on it, but I will update you guys next month. Hopefully my cashback is posted. In other discounts and freebies news, because it was Labor Day, Rakuten also had increased cashback at a lot of other retailers, including Dell. Dell usually on Rakuten at best is 10%. Occasionally, I think once or twice a year, they'll bump it up to 15%. And that was what happened during Labor Day. So instead of it being bumped up to 10, we got 15% back at Dell through Rakuten, which is a great deal if you have Dell credits that you're trying to use up with your Amex Business Platinums. PetSmart was also increased to 20% on Rakuten, which is as high as that PetSmart discount goes. 
And I love when PetSmart goes higher on Rakuten because you're able to stack that with the auto ship hack with PetSmart where you get 35% off via auto shipping. And if you're not familiar with that hack, I think I covered it in a previous recap episode, or if you prefer like a typed up summary, there is a deal alert post about that where I think it's titled like 50% off of pet food because once you stack 20% with the 35%, it essentially ends up being 50% off of any pet food, which is a great deal if you have pets who prefer like more premium brands. So you're able to actually get some of the more premium brands at a huge discount, which usually doesn't happen because usually those more premium brands are excluded from like the regular discounts that you see on Chewy and stuff. We have three 70 pound dogs. So sourcing premium pet food at a discount is something I'm always on the lookout for. On the topic of Rakuten, I also got a couple referrals in September. They were $30 each for a total of $60. So thank you if you're one of the folks who use one of my Rakuten referrals. Another fun event that happened in September was that it was National Burger Day. So those of you who know that I, uh, <laughs> I used to go to McDonald's quite a bit, and I actually did an episode on the McDonald's secret menu, you might imagine that I was pretty excited about Burger Day, but actually I totally forgot the Burger Day was even a thing until someone on Discord mentioned it, you know, jokingly, like, how many burgers did you eat today, Kai? And I was like, oh crap, I haven't eaten any burgers. And just a, a quick disclaimer, which is that I, I actually don't eat that many burgers. Uh, my wife and I, we try and eat pretty healthy. We cook for ourselves most of the week. And then one day a week, we have a cheat day where we can eat anything we want. And usually that often results in some McDonald's. And that's why there was a McDonald's episode. But in this case, I was like, okay, I guess cheat day can be today and I'm going to go get some burgers because they did actually do a lot of crazy good deals for burger day. So every burger chain was basically running their own burger special. And I basically at like 8 p.m. realized it was burger day and my wife and I went on a burger crawl because we realized that there was actually a McDonald's, a Wendy's and a Burger King all within literally like 200 feet of each other. And each one of them was offering a different deal. So McDonald's was doing a 50 cent cheeseburger. And if you remember from the McDonald's episode, you can only do one of these deals at a time. So it's not like you can buy 150 cent cheeseburgers. You can only get one using their app. Wendy's was doing a one cent junior bacon with any purchase. And Burger King was doing a free Whopper Junior with a $1 purchase. So we kind of just did all three of them. And, you know, I, I took one for the team and tried it all out. And I can conclusively say that Wendy's, surprisingly, was the best tasting burger out of the three. McDonald's had the best deal where for 50 cents, you could just get a burger, whereas both Wendy's and Burger King, you had to make a purchase. But in terms of like taste, Wendy's for sure, McDonald's is pretty consistent because it's McDonald's and then Burger King. How are Burger King even still in business? It was honestly the most terrible burger that I've ever had. And the store itself was like dimly lit. The AC was blasting at like 60 degrees. So it was cold. You could barely see anything. And the burger was terrible. Anyhow, we won't be counting these burger discounts because we probably wouldn't have gotten three burgers in a row if it wasn't for these discounts. But we had fun doing the, uh, the burger crawl and what else do you do on a Monday night, right? Anyway, and so almost counted as a date night. 
Let's see, what else in September? I'd also gotten a $25 shop card from Costco for buying $100 worth of Procter and Gamble products, which is basically the majority of things you buy at Costco anyway, like Procter and Gamble. I think they make pretty much everything. We bought like Tide Pods, dishwasher detergent, NyQuil, DayQuil is even part of that. So very easy to hit $100. And Costco also put those items on sale in addition. So ended up being actually a really good deal. And you're able to do that twice. You can spend up to $200 at Costco to get two $25 shop cards. We only did it once and got the card. It's already arrived via email. So really quick turnaround. Finally, on the freebies and discounts front, as promised at the beginning of the episode, I will be sharing the Peloton water bottle link in the show notes. What that link is, you'll click it and it'll take you to the Peloton website. And that link, for whatever reason, will trigger the pop-up where you can sign up yourself for a free well, I guess $1 Peloton glass water bottle. And so what I'd done in the past was I would sign up multiple emails and I'd get multiple codes and then I'd give them away on the podcast because, you know, you only need one, maybe two, maybe three of these Peloton water bottles. You definitely don't need 10 of them. But I wasn't always able to successfully trigger the link. Occasionally, someone on Slick Deals would post about it and I'd go on and I'd sign up. But I randomly discovered this link just on Google search, which seems to pretty consistently trigger the pop-up. Like we tested this out on Discord and everyone was able to see the pop-up and sign up. And one thing to keep in mind is like once you sign up, it takes Peloton like a week or two to send you the code. And so far, the data points have been very positive. Like everyone, for the most part, has gotten the code except one person who hasn't gotten it. Sorry, Kadar. But yeah, give it a try yourself. And I'm just honestly happy to not be the bottleneck anymore that's stopping you guys from getting your Peloton water bottles. So if it works for you and you end up getting it, definitely leave me a comment on the dailychurnpodcast.com and, and let me know. I think that's it for freebies and discounts. So tallying it up, it was the $60 of referrals from Rakuten and $25 from Costco for the P&G products for a total of $85 in September from discounts and freebies. All right, so tallying everything up on the credit cards front, we had $871 from US Bank, 150,000 points from Amex and 300,000 points from Chase. Then banks, there was $1,690 in bonuses from Capital One, US Bank, Bloom, Keypoint, Upgrade, and Laurel. Brokerages, $0 from now, still waiting on Moomoo. Cell phones, $342 in discounts from Verizon. Mail kits, unfortunately also $0 because we're still waiting on Rakuten. Discounts and freebies, $85 from Rakuten and Costco for a grand total of $2,988 in cash plus 450,000 Amex and Chase points. Really amazing month. I mean, blew past the $1,000 a month goal again by a lot. And yeah, just really, really pleased with that. All right, everyone, that's it for this episode. As always, you can find everything that we talked about today in the show notes, as well as in the live churn tracker, which you can find at thedailychurnpodcast.com. There's also a newsletter that you can sign up for. It's totally free to join, and you'll get notified whenever one of these episodes comes out. So definitely check it out if you haven't. Otherwise, I'll catch you all next time. Thanks again for tuning in. See ya. 